The first thing I started getting involved in um, was homosexuality. Um, in my heart, I was, I was very angry with God for making it wrong in the Bible. Um, he could have made it right, so why did he make it wrong? And, and that sparked, a, a, I would say, a seed of rebellion. God's commands can sometimes seem so impossible to fulfill, so distant from what we want. In these moments, it can be so easy to become angry at God. Our guest this week shares how her frustration with God's commands led her down a rebellious path until he called her back in the most extraordinary way. Before we join her and Gary, though, we want you to know that this critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you. Please consider joining in our mission at worldchallenge.org give. That's worldchallenge.org G-I-V-E. If you would like prayer for a prodigal you know and love, or for any issue on your heart, World Challenge now has a prayer line. Call 833-WC-PRAISE, that's 833-WC-P-R-A-Y-S, or visit pray.worldchallenge.org, and someone would be honored to pray with you. Now, here's Gary Wilkerson. I'm so glad you guys are here today. Uh, I'm Gary Wilkerson with the Gary Wilkerson Podcast, and we're in for a really good story today. Uh, Holly, we're so happy to have you with us, and uh, (laughs) we're going to be hearing a story of God's miraculous power, how he not only changes a life, and Holly, in your life, makes you uh, a a devout follower of Jesus, but gives you a purpose and uh, and a way to help other people, and an amazing story. Uh, Holly, thanks for coming here today. Uh, I want to start off with your testimony, just to you. Kind of had a, um, you came from a Christian home, right? You're yes. Both yeah. parents, mom and dad. Yes. Loved Jesus, devout. Yeah. Like took you to church. As yeah, a took girl. me to church. Growing up, you would talk about, they would talk about God at the dinner table. And so um, I believed in Jesus. I believed that there was a God and his name was Jesus Christ. Mm. And like my parents, my mom sent me to Awana, okay. you know, and, and all those, those things that good Christian parents do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were probably a little concerned when they saw when you were a teenager, you started getting involved in some some things that would not be necessarily a Christian lifestyle. Or, yeah. To say the least, yeah. Right? Uh, when I was a teenager, the, actually, the first thing I started getting involved in um, was homosexuality. Um, from there, you know, I got caught and just like was I 12 and um <clears throat> So you got caught, and then, you caught know. Caught by your parents or caught by somebody else? Actually, the pastor of the church. Okay. And, and they, <laughs> so by love letters. Love t- letters. Oh, okay. we were, I was writing yeah. with another girl that was in church, yeah. and um, her her stepmother found it, and she gave it to the pastor. Okay. And um, I pastor remember. pastor told your parents? Yeah, he okay. told my parents, and then he came and had a meeting with me, and he said, Holly, you have a fork in the road. You have to choose. Are you mm. going to follow Christ, or are you going to? you know, go down this road of your own way. And I told him at the time I, I choose to follow Christ. This is a little kid, though. But in my heart, I didn't. Um, in my heart, I was, I was very angry with God for making it wrong mm. in the Bible. Um, he could have made it right. So why did he make it wrong? Mm. And, and that sparked, a, a, I would say, a seed of rebellion. And from there, I would just do, still do the things I wanted to do, but, but be hiding it from my parents' back. Got into drinking, got into hanging out with the wrong people, yeah. got into drugs, yeah. and ended up kind of just keep coming home and hiding it, hiding it, hiding it, hiding it. And when you say drugs, like you're talking about smoking pot? Or... You, start, you start out <clears throat> smoking cigarettes as a kid, okay. and right. then go from there to pot. Yeah. And then from there, um, got into methamphetamine. Right. 
And then from there, I got into selling um, pot so I could pay for my methamphetamine. Mm. And then from there, got into selling methamphetamine. And then from there, decided to cook it. Mm. Why should I sell it? for them and give them all the money when I can learn how to make it myself. So I started hanging out with the bikers and with uh, the like Mexican mafia, different people that were cooking and and I figured Mm. out how to do it myself. And then I became a cook with a girlfriend in and out of jail. Wow. Yeah. Uh, During this time, did you have any uh, reminiscence of the background of your mind of the words you heard in church or from your parents? That was Jesus like a, whispering to you at all or did you totally shut them out well during that time it's funny because like i would do because i use needles i use needles i would inject methamphetamine and i would sit there with other with girlfriends or whoever was i was doing drugs with and i would talk to them about god i say you know there is a god his name is jesus christ you know i'm not following him but you know he's real (laughs) and and so you know it was just a matter of fact to me but there wasn't that personal relationship you know I, I remember having like little experiences as a kid here and there but what i have now today present today is not what i had then okay, yeah, for so you, sure yeah you, you didn't have the clear understanding of christ being your yeah lord savior uh, i didn't have this holy spirit living inside of me yeah. telling me no don't do that yeah. or making me uncomfortable to do sin like i do now right. living inside of me like yeah. when i do something it's like i feel a irk and yeah. it's telling me no right. and, and it's actually makes sin uncomfortable yeah. there it's the point to where the things that used to attract me and the things that i used to live for and fight for and be willing to die for before now are like a repellent to me. Mm-hmm. It's really, in, it's really weird. It's like, yeah. it's from darkness into light, really. It, it's quite an experience. Right, right. How did that experience happen? Uh, the, 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 the transforming of your heart, the renewing of your mind coming to, coming to Christ. How did that happen to you? Well, um, the last time I got arrested, um, I was a felon. I had already been arrested for manufacturing and I had a loaded firearm and I had drugs all bagged up so I could sell them and I got caught. In your car? You were in a car or at home? That's actually interesting. Okay. I was at a, another drug addict's house trying to meet up with a girlfriend of mine that I was fighting with, and she was supposed to come meet me. The cops pulled up to their house, and I had on me a gun. Okay. I was sitting in the chair. I had on me the drugs, and I was drinking alcohol. And I saw the cops pull up, and there was, like, this weird void or numbness that mm. went over me. And... I, I had time to get up and throw the gun out the back door right. into the neighbor's yard and throw the drugs and everything and wait until the cops leave and go back and get it. For, for some reason, I just sat there and kept drinking my bottle. They walked in. They said, are you on probation or parole? I said, no, I was lying. And then they said, can we search you? I said, no. And then they searched me and they ended up finding the, um, the gun and the... Wow. The drugs and there I went off. So even me getting arrested that last time I got arrested was kind of like miraculously. Mm -hmm. It it, it was miraculous in a sense of I let them arrest me. It was weird. God was preparing for something to happen. Yeah. So it was actually while you were in prison then somebody talked about Christ or did you go to a chapel? Yeah. While I was in jail, um, I saw it was like I was in this like (laughs) I was in this dark cloud. You have the drugs coming out of you. And and so your skin feels like it's crawling. I started hearing loud whispers Mm -hmm. like and I thought it was the girl. So I'd be like, shut up. And I jump on the tables. They were scared of me. So the guards moved me to other pods because you're fighting your case. You're in county. So um, they wanted to give me 12 years. 
um, which was actually a good deal for me at the time. Mm. And because you know, loaded firearm, what do you? Yeah. <laughs> and you're a felon yeah. already. Right. And um, so that was going on. And they moved me from pod to pod because of my violence. Mm. And I would pace up and down and say, let the bodies hit the floor. And if anybody came near me, I'd shove them. And you had, uh, I heard you say earlier, you'd studied uh, some type of yeah, martial, art, arts. martial arts. Yeah, so, my so dad had all of just, his kids. It wasn't just yeah. rage. It was knowing what to do with your rage. Yeah. So you could hurt somebody. Yeah. yeah. I was very much a fighter, yeah. a street fighter and everything. There was no problem. I yeah. liked violence. Yeah. It actually attracted me. Right. Um, so... Um, they moved me from pod to pod, which actually, if I looking back at it, if they wouldn't have moved me because of my violent outbursts, they actually drove me in the middle of the night from a low security jail <laughs> to a high security. Okay. But um, if they didn't do that, I wouldn't have ran into this girl I knew from the streets. Her name was Michelle. Mm. She was in there for four years fighting a murder case. And um, she was a pretty evil broad. Mm. And... So I saw her, and it was like I was in this dark cloud, and I saw her. It was like, it's hard to explain, but she looked different, like mm-hmm. kind of shiny in a weird <laughs> way. And I walked up to her like, Michelle? She's like, Holly. And I said, what, what happened to you? And what I was actually, what I meant by that was like, you're weird looking, you're shiny. Uh-huh. Um, she didn't know what I was talking about. But so she ended up telling me she had um, gotten saved. This little old lady from Yucca Valley mm-hmm. would come drive down and uh, tell her, tell the girls about Jesus. And she said, do you girls want to be delivered? Mm. And if they said yes, she'd come and pray over them. She mm. said, Jesus Christ can deliver you and um, pray over them. And Michelle had was very demon possessed. So mm. they would go into the, you know, they'd go into the Bible studies and county and stuff just to get out of your cell. You're locked mm. down for like 22 hours. Mm. <laughs> you know, you wow. just went out. Yeah. So whatever it takes, you know, <laughs> I can get out and go into a room. Okay, I'll go there. doesn't matter what you're going to talk about to them. Okay. So, um, she said yes. The lady prayed for her. She fell on the ground doing a flop. Um, demons came out of her. Mm. And so she got saved. So that's what I was seeing was this girl that I knew from the streets who was mm-hmm. totally different. The inmates respected her. The the cops respected her in, in county, you know, and yeah. she was now the trustee. And there was just something different about her. Yeah. And I'm going, during that time, I'm like this crazy, violent, homosexual, drug addict, violent, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, there was something in her that I kind of wanted. Yeah. And so I called home, and I called my mom, and I mm-hmm. said, can you send me a Bible? Mm-hmm. And so she sent me a Bible, and I tried to read it, and it was just, I opened it. I was excited. I was in my little two-man cell with my roommate, and... I read it and it didn't make any sense to me. It went in my head and it spun around and it made me really mad. I was like, man, all you Christians. And (laughs) I started saying something. I don't know. And I threw the Bible across the room. My roommate was supposedly a Christian and she she said something. I was like, shut up, lady. Mm -hmm. And then so she's like, I'm going to push the button. There's an emergency button for because I scared her. I was like, no, you're not. You're not going to push the button. And because so, I knew if she did, they'd move my pot again and I'd be away from Michelle. Okay. Right. So I had her up by the throat against uh, so she couldn't push the button where the window, the cops can't see in the window because you're yeah. just in a door. There's only a little tiny window, yeah. about a foot by what, maybe four inches. Mm. And um, so but so she's screaming. I'm like, shut up, lady. And then um, Michelle was out because she was the trustee. She came up to the door. She said, Holly, what are you doing? And I said, I'm tired of you guys telling me about the Bible. I tried to read it. It's a bunch of jargon. 
And she said, you need to ask God to open your eyes before you read that. And she walked away and I was like, whatever, you know, and um, anyway, she walked away. My roommate, I called my roommate down. She went on her bed and cried herself to sleep. And I got the Bible. I sat on my bed and I said, God, open my eyes. And I opened it and I started to read, randomly opened it to Romans chapter five. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, Romans chapter five and chapter six is how I got saved. Mm-hmm. And um, where it talks about how God demonstrated his own love towards us mm-hmm. and how he died for the unrighteous. And as I was reading it, how he died for the ungodly, and, and you, you keep reading, it's like something like, it was like something hit me. It's like the thought came to my mind. I'm ungodly. And also, whatever was keeping me from understanding what I was reading before, mm-hmm. it's like God ripped it off. Yeah. He roped it in my eyes. I understood what I was reading, which was a miracle. Yeah. And as I kept reading, it talked about being a slave to sin. Don't you know whoever you, you choose to obey, you're that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death, of obedience leading to righteousness, but God be thanked. You know. And as I'm reading that, I'm like, I'm a slave to sin. It, it was just like this, this, this. Um, revealing, I guess you'd say, of who I was. And it was shocking to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a slave. And then I was realizing all the all those years of drugs, all the lies I said, all the cons I did, and everything. And, and I knew that there was a God and his name was Jesus Christ. I knew that he died on the cross for my sin, but I also knew there was a Satan. And the, the thought came to me, I've been being conned. All my life, I thought I was doing what I needed to do to make me happy. Right. But I've been serving Satan. I've been a slave to him. And he's been robbing me. And, and so it was anger. Um, and I was like, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> and um, But then as I kept reading, but there was a choice. Mm-hmm. I could choose to be a slave of, or I could choose to be um, obedient. Yeah. You know? And... The end of that is life eternal. And I was definitely an enemy of God. As you read through those chapters, you'll see that you're in enmity with God. You're an enemy of God. And that qualified me mm-hmm. to be able to, to receive from him. And I remember back then I didn't know Christianese and everything, you know. And I just, it was like my life flashed before my eyes. And I was realizing how much how many years I threw away mm-hmm. on all the drugs and, and, and all, all the false relationships, always looking for love, yeah. you know, really. And I looked up and I said, God, I don't know you, but I want you. And there's things in, in me, I can fill it up in my throat. Like I'm a homosexual, I'm a drug addict, I'm a alcoholic. And if you don't like it, you can change me because I want you. Mm-hmm. And it was like after that, <clears throat> it's, you know, the sinner's prayer, whatever, that was my sinner's prayer. Mm-hmm. And God met me right where I was at. And after that, I couldn't read the Bible enough. And the more mm-hmm. I read it, it would give me this feeling like this, this excitement. I'd come out of my cell and before it was like, let the bodies hit the floor. And now mm-hmm. I, it's like God gave me new eyes. And I would look at the women and it wasn't like, oh, how can I get a candy bar from you? Or how can, or maybe I want to sleep with you. Or, it wasn't like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Now it was like, I had this feeling and I, I, it was these new emotions. And I was like, go buy them. I'd stand by them. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I love you, man. Wow. And they're like, what are you 
what are you doing in your room? I was like, man, I'm just reading the Bible. If you just open it and you just like read it, it's like better than drugs. It's better than sex, man. It's like so good. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, it makes you feel like really good. And I said, but you got to say, open my eyes first. And that was, so that was my. You already had your pattern. Of, yeah. And, cool. and that was me just coming off of drugs yeah, and not knowing yeah, really the word of God. And, um. Yeah, so that's how I got uh, saved. After that, they only gave me, they wanted to give me 12 years, which was a good deal, but they only actually, they dropped it the next time I went to court, and they gave me three years. Mm. And so I got three years, right. and um, I learned how to be, I started to learn how to be a Christian in prison, yeah. um, which was good. I needed to be behind bars mm-hmm. for the, yeah. I ended up getting out in one and a half years on good time. Okay. And learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot. Blew it a little bit. You know what I mean? Because sure. you're you're just out of Egypt, yeah, right. going through yeah. that wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> like, that makes sense. Yeah. Not getting like, what do you mean, blessed are the meek? What does this mean, God? You know, <laughs> like, I don't get. I'll fight for you. Yeah. Like, what do you mean weak? And, and you know, where God's like, okay, I'll show you yeah. here in prison. Wow. Because yeah. you can't learn it on the streets. You need yeah. to learn it here first. That's, so, that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. After that, you went to Bible school? Yes. Yeah, in California? Yeah, or? yeah I went yeah. to Calvary Chapel Bible okay. College yeah. in Marietta. Excellent. And graduated. That's yeah. cool. That's, that's, a, that's a transition. Yeah. That's a, that's a real transformation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then now now moving up to kind of more, more uh, current things, you have uh, from that time in Bible school, you got a call to do something a little bit unusual. Did you... Did you just kind yeah. of, because uh, we will talk about this minute, yeah. you ended up in Cambodia for the last 10 years you've been yeah. in Cambodia. <laughs> uh, so it was that sort of like, hey, I'm going to go to Cambodia to help, you know, people there. Or was it like God somehow miraculously told you to yeah, get up and go? It, or? it was definitely, there was a guy that was going to Bible college who went to Cambodia and he emailed me and said, Holly, we really need worship leaders here. Because I, I, I'm a worship leader okay. too. I don't, that's, a, that's another story, <laughs> but um. So I was like, well, I'll be praying and that God would send you to send some people to Cambodia. I'll pray for you. You know, so it was kind of like I didn't want to go because I had in my drugs and stuff would go into Mexico a lot. And um, I didn't like Mexico when I went there. It was just for Mm. yeah, like kind of like working, you would say. So um, Mm. I didn't really like my idea of missions was like that. So I didn't want to be a missionary, but I was willing to do whatever God wanted me to do. So I started praying that God would send missionaries over to Cambodia, worship leaders, you know. And my last semester, I was getting ready to graduate. And then um, God really clearly, like every, it was w- funny. I'm praying for Cambodia. Never, I didn't even know where it was. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Africa to me. You know what <laughs> I mean? The name. And um, never bothered to look. And then all of a sudden, wherever I go, I go to the gym. They're, they're, there's this story about Cambodia. I was like, oh, that's funny. I'm praying for that country. And you know, like I'm driving the car to go to Bible school and the pastor's talking about Cambodia. And then God told me to go to morning devos at Bible college. And I didn't have a class that day, so I wouldn't normally go. Um, so I got up early, went to the morning devos and it was this big, huge screen and it was a big map and it was Cambodia. Mm. And I was like, it was almost like God smacked me in the face with Cambodia in yeah, a sense. Right. And then so driving home, I said, God, do you want me to go to Cambodia? And it was just like this instant love poured through my heart, like to the point where like I, I was, got teared up, had to pull over because I was driving on the freeway. Wow. <laughs> I was going to crash. And I was like, OK, that I will go. And so I bought a ticket to go to Cambodia for three months, a round trip. Um, yeah, and then while I was there, he called me there. Mm. 
And, and so it wasn't like, wow. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, I'm good. And just, yeah. <laughs> just God told me to go. So I went. And, you, and you've been there for 10 years now. And what, yeah. uh, tell us a little bit about your ministry there in Cambodia. You're working with, uh, uh, what, what's the name of the ministry? The, um, the Girls, Girls House of Refuge. Girls House, House of Refuge. Yeah. And t- tell me, what, what, the, what is that? Yeah, God told me to open a home for women, okay. so for young women. And um, so I did. And then he would bring, he would choose and bring the ones he wanted to. Um, so he ended up bringing girls that were pregnant or girls that were got raped and different girls. Also, just really poor girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started getting a name for being willing to take drug addicts, being willing to take alcoholics, being willing to take traumatized girls that are all knocked up. Right. They're pregnant. Nobody else can help them. And um, so other Christian organizations in the country mm-hmm. would call me and say, mm-hmm. hey, will you take this girl? Or, hey, there's this girl, or the, this person's trying to sell this girl, this like little girl, like 14, 12, whatever. And um, so I would take those kind of girls. And then also with women's ministry, you're drawn to women. So when you go out in public, mm-hmm. girls are drawn to girls. They're going to like just see, and they want to share the gospel as we go through the whole Bible in a year at my house. So um, they want to practice what they are, they're, they're studying. And it's really cool because they're baby Christians, so everything's new, um, which I love that. Because it's just really innocent, in a sense. Um, yeah, so. And you still live in the home where the girls come in now? Yeah, after, we all live together, years? yeah. And do you have, uh, did I hear you say you had more than one home now? No, well, no. I did before. Okay. Right now we are, we're back okay, down back to, to one, one. Okay. yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, Phnom Penh? Or? Yeah, in Phnom Penh. Okay, so you're in the city. You're kind of in a yeah. bustling, hustling, crazy part of the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, World Challenge. Our ministry does some work there. And we have for like 20 years or so or more in Cambodian awesome. and some of the rural areas, church planting and things like that. So, uh, but yeah, we've run across some of these things that you've been facing as well, and it's not—it's not an easy ministry. Yeah, you can call me, uh, bring me the girls. All right. Yeah. All right. That's so cool. Thank you. God wants us to be part of His redemption of the world. He wants to use the broken parts of our lives to show His graciousness and mercy to us and to others. If we trust Him, we will see Him move in ways we could never imagine and go places we could have never foreseen. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, sound designed for this episode by Michael Smith. This episode was written by Rachel Schmitz. Our producer is Chris Wigington with video production by Aaron Gale. World Challenge is incredibly thankful for the support we receive from many people around the world who believe in our mission. We are able to continue creating resources like this podcast because of donations from listeners like you. We hope you tune in next week to the Gary Wilkerson podcast to receive more encouragement. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.